0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the State News Sports podcast. It's rivalry week. I'm wearing a Rick Flair T-shirt. I'm excited. I'm here with Colton Woods. Sweetie Toronto will be joining us shortly. He is uh, running late from a class, and as we know, we're all students here. So Colton might have to leave halfway through for a class. Um, but we're gonna still get into it. This is an important game. This is it's Michigan week. But first, let's talk about Iowa. The Spartans won 17 to 10 last weekend. Colton, what were your first takeaways from that game?
1: Obviously, the turnovers, you know, I've, we're beating the dead horse around here now with the turnovers, forcing turnovers and ball security. And, you know, they were able to do that. They were able to not only force turnovers, but they were able to hold on to the ball and not commit any turnovers. There was that one fumble by Matt Sokol, uh, I believe, in the first quarter of the goal line, but it was recovered by Michigan State, so no harm due there. And, you know, they started off strong. You know, the work he kept going to Felton Davis, a lot of had a career day, 114 yards and two touchdowns. So, really, that was key part of the game, but then they slowed down, and then in the second half, they didn't score any points, but they that was all they needed, their 17 points, so, you know, that part was there. Um, the rushing, they had uh, 88 yards is what I'm seeing here, so they didn't, they, continues to struggle with the running game, so that was the issue there, and then also defensively, stopping the run, they held Iowa to 19 yards, so that's going to be really be key uh, against Michigan, and that's this week. Suichi Trotter just walked in the room. Switchy,
0: what are your thoughts on the Iowa game? Colton sort of talked about the offense, but it was that defense that really showed that highlighted for Michigan State, right?
2: Yeah, I think some thoughts is that, yes, the defense bought, bailed, out, um, bailed out the offense in a lot of ways. I mean, Lewerke wasn't really hesitant in saying that the defense were, was the better of the two halves. Um, I think one thing that MSU should be concerned about, I believe they had 40 rushing yards of the three running backs, so Lewerke excluded, so I think that's a big concern. I mean, looking at the rivalry, looking at historically how between MSU and U of M, the running team, or the team that rushes more wins. I think that's kind of like a telling point. I think the defense did a great job in allowing only 19 rushing yards, but the offense kind of needs to step up there if, I mean, Michigan has a better defense than Iowa, so if I think if MSU can not score more than 17 points, then I
0: think they lose. You brought up Michigan, so let's just get right into it. Michigan game this week, Big game, Spartans. We've sort of talked about the importance about this game. You wrote about the Colton, you wrote about the importance of this game. Soichi, you wrote a column about how it's not that important, how it's (laughs) more of a. how it used to be important, but now it's. uh, Can you sort of talk about what your part of that column is? Maybe you guys can have a little debate on it, what you guys think.
2: Yeah, I think just, I mean, I I wrote it in my column as well. Ten years ago, this was not really a rivalry in the sense that. Michigan was always beating up on MSU. Ever since ever since Mark D'Antonio came though, he's seven and three against Humish. Um I mean he had twenty fifteen, he had twenty thirteen, I'm born saying like negative forty seven rushing yards or something like that, forty-three. Um, so I think MSU has kind of flipped the script a little bit in the sense that in all honesty, I mean I wrote it I wrote it from ten to twenty. MSU was a big man on the block. I, I think that's very telling. I think that's very telling for recruits, I think that's telling for fans, and I think it's telling for MSU season in the sense that they don't need this Michigan win to define their season anymore. Maybe 10 years ago, MSU fans would have been okay with a three and nine season, but a win over Michigan. But that's not quite the case anymore. So I think that's a big, big step in a sense that this program has made. I mean, they were kind of a national joke last year. They were last year, yes, but they're, they're kind of on the upswing again as well with this young team.
1: Do
0: you think that, that has a little bit to do with also like Throughout the past decade, is no matter what Spartan the Spartans did, they were still Michigan fans were still like, yeah, but you're still not a rival, yeah, we're still not a rival. So yeah. I think that maybe Spartan fans have been a little bit more like, all right, fine, you're not a rival, it's not, we don't care, we're still doing, we're still winning games, we're still going to Rose Bowls, Cotton Bowls, playoffs, we don't really care. Do you think that a little bit do a little bit has a little bit to do with it as well? Yeah, I
2: think in a sense that if I I, I think it's stupid that, that Michigan fans are saying MSU isn't a rival just because it is a rival, everyone cares about this one. I also think it's very telling that MSU has been able to beat up on Ohio State. I mean, when's the last time Michigan beat Ohio State? Was that in 2011 during their one pad 6-6 six and six year, I believe? I want to say that off the top of my head. MSU has been able to beat Ohio State at its peak in 2013, in 2015. Those those are two big marquee games. Those are two games that I even want to say the 2015 game against Ohio State was probably the most watched um, Big Ten game of the season, more more so than the game. I think I saw a stat or uh, whatever, viewership totals on that. So in that sense I think MSU has kind of surpassed just Michigan being a strong And I'm not saying that this game isn't important but like I mentioned in the comment it's important in the moment in the sense that yes we yes MSU wants to beat Michigan but at the end of the day this isn't going to define your season
0: now Colton you wrote about how the players and coaches are treating this game as as it's important they recognize the importance of it do you Disagree with what is saying? Do you? I think
1: I think he's right in the sense of that you know it doesn't define their season. Obviously, what happens here hasn't statistically shown that you know it's just like the Notre Dame game as well, where you could say like this is their first true test, and then you know, but you can't really base it off of that because it's never really shown by history. But I feel like you know no matter what the season was, even when they were three and nine, this game was huge. Just to get a win out of Michigan was huge, and even they talked about it. you know I talked to some fans during the. Um, before the in the offseason, uh, talking about, like, you know, last season, you know, how, you know, disappointing it was and dispiriting. And they were talking about how they kept it close with teams like Michigan and how, you know, that was like you, – you hate to say it, but it was a moral victory. And so I think that no matter what the record is, no matter if Michigan's undefeated, no matter if Michigan – or if Michigan State hasn't won a game, this is going to be always a game that, you know, fans and players are going to look to to win. Like, no matter what it is, they're always going to come out there and hard. You can say that, you know – if you're, if you're two in whatever, entering with like the last two games of the season, you're not going to go as hard. But no matter what, I feel like Michigan, their whole narrative changes in terms of that. But I think that Sweetie is in that sense right about the, that you can't base it off of the season. But I think the game was always going to be important no matter how long the history goes with that.
0: Wow, the rare moment when you guys agree on something. those <laughs> uh, articles can be read at statenews.com. Um, so let's sort of talk X's and O's for this game. If Michigan's if Michigan State is going to win this game, why is it? Like Monday morning, you we're gonna come if we come into do, we'll do a podcast Monday morning, will we say Michigan State won this game because why? Why? What did they have to do to
1: win this game? They found holes in Michigan's defense in the run game. You know they're the best rushing defense in the nation, with allowing sixty nine yards roughly uh, per game. So Michigan State they've been struggling with the run game. So if they can turn that around, I think. This is going to be the game that they can potentially do it if they if they find it because if you don't run the ball well you're going to be you're going to be caught up in Michigan's just going to run right all over you so if they get the ball rolling in the rush game which is going to be hard against you know the number one ranked defense in rushing but if they do that they could potentially set this game close up and maybe even win it. All
0: right, so the same question, but if they lose, Michigan State lost this game because
2: turnovers. I mean, this was seen against Notre Dame. That Notre Dame game, I said this a couple of weeks ago, that Notre Dame game is close if MSU doesn't turn the ball over so much. And does, you can't, at the end of the day, you can't make mistakes, big-time mistakes, on your red zone or inside the opponent's red zone or whatever against good teams. You can make those mistakes against Wally Green. You can do that against Western. Hell, you might even be able to do that against Iowa, but not against Michigan, not against Notre Dame. Those are two teams. Those are two teams ranked right now. So if MSU can't keep the ball, if, if MSU keeps making these big mistakes that swings momentum, especially at the big house, if you don't think that Lewer, a Luewerki pick six isn't going, going to just swing momentum in front of 110,000 Michigan fans, then you're not at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, I mean, pick six is a little fluky in general, just in terms of yeah, if you throw an interception, kind of just like the fact that he can run it back is just a little bit fluky. Just guys, that's just, that's just always a mess. Yeah. Um, Unless, like, that one pick six he had against Notre Dame where it just jumped around in the 20-round. There's nothing they can do there yeah. other than maybe hold on to the pass. But, um, so, how good do we think Iowa is? Like, how big, we, we were, I know that I sort of thought that game might be a measuring stick, but after watching that game, was like, Iowa didn't look like the Iowa that the Michigan State played in the Big Ten Championship game a few years ago. Like, what, how, what did you think of Iowa, so, and what is? What is your opinion of Iowa? How does that change your opinion of Michigan State?
2: I think, um, I mean, Iowa wasn't going to be
0: as good as a couple
2: years ago. I think that's, that's the same thing with MSU. Those are both two very good teams. I mean, Iowa went into the Big Ten Championship undefeated. I think one thing that was very telling was that they did have a bend but not break defense in the sense that they allowed 500, nearly 500, I believe, total yards against Penn State. But at the end of the day, going into the last draft, they only gave up, what, 15 points or 21 points total. So I think that's very telling. I think... You kind of saw that with MSU versus Iowa in the sense that MSU kept having good field position, but the Iowa defense never really allowed them to score points. I mean, there was that stretch in the first half where, I want to say, MSU started past midfield. They were in Iowa territory, and they could only cash in maybe one time. And they were winning that field position battle, but the defense kind of... The Iowa defense played very well in the sense that didn't allow MSU to really break a few plays. And I think you saw that. And I mean, they only scored 17 points.
0: Yeah. Um... On that Iowa game, at that Iowa game, Felton Davis sort of emerged as the number one receiver. Colton, how important is that for to have one of these receivers separate themselves as we start Big Ten play?
1: Well, I think with this the the youthfulness that's on this roster, with all the departing veteran season veterans on the the wide receiver after last year, so I think having someone step up, you know, it was kind of like a by committee thing, you know. We talked about after a strong performance in the, the spring game, Tristan Jackson was going to be the one, and now it's just kind of been up and forth with Daryl Stewart and now Felton. So I think to have like a, a key receiver, it's not it's not huge, but I think that it is good port moving forward, especially with Michigan, um, but hopefully after that dominant performance, you know, he. he they build more trust, you know, in the receivers because it's always good to have your go-to receiver. Like if it's fourth down, you're going for it. You're down by seven. Have their Have you can throw it to this guy and he'll catch it no matter what. And that was kind of what Lewerke, the vibe he gave off after the game in regards to Felton. So I think against Michigan, that's a it's something that's good to have. I don't think it's necessarily going to be a game breaker, but I think that you know it's always good to have that receiver step up and have that dominant career performance that he had.
0: Uh, yeah, and then f- as for continuing with the offense, the running game. What do you think of the three-headed monster that they've been running with with Holmes, London, and Scott? Where did they're just sort of alternating guys? To me, it sort of seems like no one can really get into a flow because they're not getting as many reps. Do you guys agree with that? Do you disagree
1: with that? No, I uh, they're switching every drive. It seems like you know, getting it uh, opened it up with uh, thing was Gerald Holmes against the opening drive against Iowa, and then they went to the Madre London, and they went to L.J. Scott, and you know, really, nothing really was working there, and it wasn't working the past couple games, and these people are, are veterans, you know, They're, they've been here before, they know what the, the offense is, they know what it's like to play here, in these big games, and you know, they haven't really been shown, and Mark D'Antoni's disappointed, everyone's disappointed, and honestly, I would tell you, I thought that that was gonna be one of the best positions going into the season, we how much experience... They're yeah, gonna that play. rushing
0: game is going to be really important. We've talked about how great Michigan's rush defense is, and they're going to need someone to step up this week, and it just sort of seems that no one's really gotten into a rhythm yet. I don't know if that's because the players haven't been able to get into a rhythm, or if it's because they haven't been on the field long enough to get into a rhythm, but it just sort of seems like they don't really... I don't they, I don't know who the best running back on this team is, and I don't think Michigan State does either. So, Ichi, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I think, I mean, if Going into the season, there were only, I want to say, two position groups that were veterans, the linebackers and the running backs. Nobody really had, nobody had really any concerns about the running backs. I mean, you heard it, D'Antonio thinks they're all, all three of them are starting backs, I think. I think I agree with him just because, I mean, LJ Scott, Gerald Holmes, Long, they're all very talented backs who have done very talented, very impressive things here at MSU. Um, so I think it's, it's, it's interesting to see how they do run some two running back sets. I've, I mean, I've seen Scott and uh, Holmes in at the same time. Uh, in sets a lot of the times, but they can't really get anybody going. I mean, Scott did have that bounce back game against the Broncos, but that's just one game I think that's very hard to, d- to develop a rhythm, out of you said, because I think a lot of the game is mental, and I think if you just keep switching out back after back, it doesn't really let them get that flow established, especially for a running back. I mean, that you just have to go with the flow of the offense, but you don't really know what, Luger, I guess, the work doing out there.
0: Alright, Colton has to run to class So we're going to take a quick break We'll be right back with the picks after this Alright, we're back We're ready to make the picks for the Big Ten schedule this week Let's do a little update Suichi. you <laughs> did not do that great last week I made fun of you for picking Rutgers And I was right They got demolished And Suichi, you are 2-4 and four at the bottom of the pack Colton and I are tied for 3-3 three and three. Colton has stepped away, but I have his lines written down So I won't announce them as we go through them Okay but let's start with Penn State versus Northwestern. Penn State's fourteen and a half point favorite. Suichi, who you got?
2: Penn State's and Northwestern. Yes. Think I'll take Northwestern on
0: this. You think Northwestern's going to cover a 14-half point spread against Penn State, the number yes. four team in the country?
2: At home, though. So who knows? Okay. You know what happens. This All is right. college football we're speaking of. gotta oh, make bold well, choices. I gotta I'm gonna gotta go definitely. Penn
0: State. Colton also went northwestern, but I'm going Penn State. <laughs> um I don't like my picks. Iowa is an 18-point favorite over Illinois. Mm-hmm. Iowa at home.
2: Um, Iowa is an 18-point favorite over Illinois. Yes. Oof. I'll take Iowa. You're I'll taking Iowa.
0: Iowa. I mean, after two, after
2: two, two tough losses to begin Big Ten play, and you get Iowa. I mean, Illinois at home. I feel like
0: who who is Iowa scoring home. 18 points against? Like, well, no,
2: Illinois, looks like a I don't think line. Iowa's
0: eighteen points better than any team, but that's just that's <laughs> but that's just because I don't think their offense is gonna score that many points. I was gonna win this game, don't get me wrong. I just don't think their <laughs> offense is gonna put up enough points to like score. Their defense will hold them to, like, probably ten points, but I don't think that Iowa's offense can get to twenty eight. So I'm taking Illinois. This is the second week in a row of taking Illinois and I regretted it last week, so this could be the last time. Um next game we got is Minnesota versus Purdue. Purdue is a three and a half point favorite.
2: Minnesota I mean Purdue is is, his favorite over Minnesota Minnesota did get beat by Maryland last week though wow Uh, and Purdue's at home he said Purdue's at home I think I'm gonna take Purdue in this one
0: alright I am going to take I'm gonna take Purdue too I'm not gonna
2: that that Minnesota game is interesting just because MSU is playing Minnesota after Michigan yeah I mean there are I mean MSU is on the road but that's that's kind of a game where everyone's kind of like a toss-up but that's slightly shady to what I'm assuming. Yeah,
0: first year coach, I'm Minnesota's gonna be not great this year, but yeah, I think that, that program's gonna uh, be fine. I, 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 I think so. Assume. I mean PJ is a good coach. Yeah, but look, I mean we'll look see. for Minnesota to get like one like decently sized win sorta of, yeah, like in true. middle November. Yeah, but like true. Like they're gonna beat like a Nebraska, maybe. <laughs> if
2: they beat Wisconsin, I'll probably laugh.
0: Yeah, though no, I that mean that that insane. that's maybe a little bit better than the school I was thinking of, but like <laughs> they could beat like a Nebraska or an Iowa or a school like that. Yeah, like, oh, okay, they they might yeah, have a little I something. Mean, what, but well, PG,
2: One and eleven his first year at Western, so I guess we'll see. I mean Minnesota yeah. kind of had like a I mean, good foundation to build on. Right. Yeah, it's true. We'll Minnesota
0: see. didn't really leave their fire their coach because he was, it was bad. It was
2: more just like administrative stuff. But well, no, it was health. Was oh, was it hell? Did Jerry, Jerry kill? kill? No, they had a guy before that, after that, I thought.
0: Uh, I thought, oh, whatever. It was, we'll look it yeah. Um, you new coach. That's all that matters. Yeah. Um. All right, next we have Maryland versus Ohio State. Do you want to guess how many points Ohio State's favorite by?
2: I'm going to go with... They were 28
0: and, and a half over Rutgers last week. Go more with, than covered.
2: I'm going to go with 12 my favorites
0: over Maryland. 12? 12. 30 and a half. 30 and a half over Maryland? 30 and a half points over Maryland. Maryland?
2: Wait, wait, why? Wait, how does that make sense?
0: Because Maryland doesn't have a quarterback.
2: That's true, but they just beat Minnesota on the road. That has to mean something. It's either Maryland not to Vegas. It's either, Mer- it's either Minnesota's really bad or Maryland's, like, half-decent. I'm taking Maryland on this You're one. You're taking Maryland? I'm taking Colton Maryland also took
0: Maryland. One. Oh, I don't I know don't if know. I said this. Colton took Purdue over Minnesota as well.
2: Okay. I mean, 30 and a half points? I'm that's more. That's more than Rutgers. And Maryland's has shown that, yeah, like, but
0: they're decent. They, like, they doubled the spread for Rutgers. It was 56 nothing. I'm very confused. But I'm like, taking Ohio State.
2: I'm very confused right now. I mean, does this mean... Would you take... But I guess my question is, would you take... Ah, oh, never mind. I guess it's not a fair comparison. I was going to say, would you take Texas 30 points over Ohio State? But I know those are different teams. Those are a little bit different teams, I guess. Because I don't, I don't think
0: Texas lost that game because they don't have talent. I think they lost that game because they weren't well coached. Yeah. And it was their first game with under Tom Herman.
2: Yeah. One thing that is interesting, too, um, three three teams that were on MSU's schedule and everyone was just kind of like, oh, these teams might be MSU Maryland, Minnesota, Northwestern. They're not looking too hot, right? No. Now. I mean, Maryland, Maryland, Maryland doesn't have a quarterback, like you mentioned. Minnesota, we just talked about, and Northwestern is not. I mean, that blowout loss against Duke was not pretty.
1: Yeah,
0: the I Big Ten that. is very, very top heavy yeah, when it comes to right like Ohio State, Wisconsin, Penn State, Michigan. All those teams are top ten. Yeah. Top twelve. I I don't have the then. numbers right in front of me, but then you have. Rutgers, Maryland, yeah. Northwestern, Minnesota, and then sort of middle of the pack really teams I guess Illinois. would like, oh, Illinois, I forgot about them at they're the end the bottom. Bad. And then there's only really two or three teams in the middle that yeah, are just like it's Michigan State, Iowa, and Nebraska.
2: Yeah, I mean, Nebraska has shown that they're not very good either. Right, but so again, Nebraska's
0: like going to have they're talent. Nebraska, they're yeah. just going to have talent. Um,
2: um I, I, Honestly, I can see MSA winning nine games now just because. If they win, I think my preseason predictions had one win over Michigan, Ohio State, Tennessee, and Tennessee. If they can squeeze one of those out and if they take care of business the rest of the way, I think eight nine wins is not out of the possibility. It's not a pretty eight to nine wins. Don't get me wrong. it yeah. will be a good eight to nine wins.
0: I think I had them at nine, but, losing to Penn State, Ohio uh, State, and yeah. Michigan. Um, yeah, so we'll see. We'll see. But I mean, I think that that's still a successful season for them going in. Yeah, on.
2: I think if they reach six games, and who knows if they beat Michigan this this week. Um, that's more... If they beat Michigan division. this week, the whole season changes, Yeah, that, that whole season. That, then now that you're kind of Big Ten contenders. Season. Yeah, because yeah, you'll be, what, 2-0 in the Big Ten?
0: 2-0 in the Big Ten, and you knocked yeah. off a top-ten team. Yeah. You on the road. On the road, yeah. The road, yeah. yeah. And I'm then... F- yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll get to our we'll, predictions. Yeah. all right. Sorry. I'm <laughs> <sid-tracted>, but... Um, <laughs> That's good for discussion. Yeah, and so now, next game, uh, Wisconsin versus Nebraska. Nebraska at home. Wisconsin's 11.5-point favorites. Really?
2: Only 11.5? I'm going to take Wisconsin here. Wisconsin... I think Nebraska's kind of Wisconsin. a I think Miss I think Nebraska's a little bit of a train wreck over there right now. So.
0: Yeah, but I mean how cold is it gonna be in Nebraska this weekend this week? That's Maybe. that's a cold it's game that might not be fun. Yeah, that's true. Although true. Wisconsin's true. Is it, is
2: it gonna be cold over there this weekend?
0: It might be. Okay. That area of the country is confusing to me. It's kinda
2: like hot today. It's like seventies.
0: So. Yeah, but Nebraska's a weird part of the country. <laughs> um alright. The last one on our schedule. Prime time MSU versus University of Michigan. Michigan is a ten and a half point favorite. Whew. Little two score game.
2: I still think this is a bad bet. Like, I still. Think That's just kind of a bad fun
0: game. line. Ten and a half sucks because like I think they're gonna win by like, ten points. Yeah,
2: but I'm just saying it's a bad idea primetime game. I just saw on Twitter MSU and U U of M's AD. Uh, they both kind of released a joint statement yeah. saying no, none of the drunkenness. It's
0: yeah, surprising to me that. Well, I don't know why they would do that. I, I've always see. I've having grown up in Michigan my whole life. I'd always been told that they're not going to have a, they're not going to have the Michigan Michigan State game as and a that, night game because yeah. neither school wants the other school on their campus yeah. all day. Which, I totally understand. Yeah, that's a bit. Plus, see? I don't know. There's something about that three thirty October yeah. game, like Michigan Michigan October State. Just, I don't know. But the end of the
2: game is under the lights.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I'm sure. I don't know. It's it's interesting. I was surprised they did it, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Because yeah, we'll uh, I mean, I love night games. I love yeah. watching night games. I love going to night games. Um, yeah, so night I mean, games are well, a monster. So I guys. hope that the fans are gonna not cause too many distractions. But I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I would not. Put <laughs> My money buddy got on into it.
2: a fight a couple years ago when we were visiting Ann Arbor, that was a three thirty game. Yeah. I mean, it was, a, it was also after Jalen Lawson Jackson. There was a lot right. of drunkenness going on already, but my buddy, like, punched the guy, and I was like, uh... That was also... Uh, I'm like, all right, let's go. We're still freshmen. We're leaving.
0: So. Yeah, that and... I, I feel like that was... After that game, that was just was hostility. Yeah, I, I remember walking out of that stadium feeling... Wearing a Michigan State hoodie yeah. and feeling like I was going to get punched in the face because yeah. I just had the biggest smile on my face and I couldn't control it. <laughs> I just And I was sitting with my uncle, who I, like, I mentioned him, like, I feel like I'm going to get punched. And my uncle, Michigan fan, yeah. uh, says to me, I feel like I just got punched. So it was <laughs> yeah. fun little mix of reactions, but there was actually a, a some, another Michigan State student found me and my friend who we were walking out of the stadium and <laughs> comes up to us and just goes, hey, uh, can I walk with you guys? I uh, don't really want to walk by myself. And I'm just like, I totally understand. So we all, like, formed a group and walked out of that stadium together. Um, yeah, I mean. Yeah. So let's get the picks down. Colton has picked... Michigan
2: Oh that's a That's a bad choice I miss you You think Michigan I think I don't I don't think I think my score prediction Was 17 to, No It was 20 to 14 Umish, But they're not gonna Cover the spread You don't think They're gonna cover I think I think I saw the set On Twitter I haven't verified it Or fact checked it But I believe De Antonio is 10-0 Against the spread Against Michigan And that has to mean Something
0: like I'm trying to think that's insane to think about. I'm sure he covered that weird twelve to ten game that yeah. happened a few years ago. I'm yeah. sure that was a cover. Yeah. Um I don't think he's I, right. I don't think he's ever been blown out by Michigan. I mean kind of, last close. Year, like, kind of like kinda last year, yeah, but, I but think that I think was only a, that was that was just more of like a moral blowing out. Like that was just Michigan's the yeah. whole way. I don't think yeah. the scoreboard was like that. What was the
2: score? Thirty two to twenty three. It would have been a one yeah, score see, game that's only and then it was a uh, weird yeah, two yeah, version. That's a good thing. One thing two, is uh I think one like It is lost. It has been lost in history that MSU was pretty competitive in that game in the sense that a lot of fans want to point it out that that last um um that last touchdown with like one second left was kind of useless. And I agree. I agree. It was a garbage time. It was a garbage time touchdown. Let's get that straightened out of the way. But there was that one drive. I want to say in the third quarter, ish. When they were on the two yard line, they had four downs, and then Dave Warner, for some reason, calls three runs up the middle. Or I think he had a pitch too, and it just did not work. It's just too slow developing against that yeah. Michigan front front seven, and, I, and then that, all the fans were rightfully like, "What's going on here?" Like, right. That if they if MSU scored in that moment, then I think that game was the, that game was completely different. So
0: yeah, I agree. I think that um, that game was a little bit closer than that score indicates. Um, Not,
2: I think the score was fine just because of the garbage time touchdown. Oh, you're right. But well, I don't know. that I The momentum of that
0: game felt person. closer to me. You, yeah, I, I, I can agree with that. I
2: mean, when LJ Scott kind of ran down their throats on that first drive, I think that he had the ball like four out of the five times at MSU, gained the chunk plays, and he scored on the touchdown. Yeah, You could kind of you could kind of tell in the stadium watching – I was watching from TV. You can kind of tell that, oh, this isn't going to be a route. This this was never going to be a route. I mean, yes, it was 30-10 to 10 at one point, but this – I don't know. It was a lot closer than I think people – giving a credit for. Yeah. Okay. I'm,
0: okay. man, this is tough. I'm also going to pick Michigan State to cover but not win, Okay. Yeah. which I think I did the same thing last week, but they won and still covered, so it's fine. Uh, I end up being the favorite pay- point for that. Um, yeah. So, uh, this question just popped up to me as we were thinking about this game. How does James O'Corn starting, John O'Korn? James O'Korn. John, John O'Corn starting for Michigan change... Michigan's team I know that Wilton Spate didn't look great most of the year and people were kind of calling for a corner to come in anyway yeah. but this is this is his first this is, is, is this is his first start
2: uh, I believe so he so I think he played against Indiana last year but that was very crappy weather I think that was the same week as MSU OSU so the MSU fans kind of know how bad it was in the state of Michigan um, he played in Houston but that's not really indicative I mean that was way back up I want to say two years ago um, I think, personally, if John O'Corn plays like he did against Purdue, this game's a blowout because he he did well taking what the defense gave him. I think they simplified the playbook a little bit. He was throwing down the middle. I think one thing that I've been reading on the internet kind of fan forums, all that kind of stuff, is that John O'Corn used the field, middle of the field, his tight ends a lot better than... um. Than State, in the sense that uh, Michigan has very very talented tight ends. I mean, Jake yeah, Brissett, but they still have a couple. I rounds. mean, if those
0: tight ends are paired up with the linebackers, yeah. that's the strength of that Michigan of that State. Yeah, defense. so we'll see. Um, it's gonna be an interesting game. Yeah, I'm I'm curious to see what sort of matchups develop and like what like who Michigan State tries to pick on on their defense. Who the yeah. same thing? Who Michigan yeah. tries to pick on because we sort of haven't really seen who exactly that weak spot is on the Michigan State defense. And there's just a lot of youth all around there. Um, so, to recap for that Michigan game, Colton is taking Michigan to cover for the more than 10.5 points. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm, I'm, I'm going
2: to come in next week, and I'm like, you should probably know MSU and D'Antonio better in the sunset that this is a rivalry game. D'Antonio won't say it, but everybody in East Lansing, everybody in Ann Arbor will say it. These two teams hate each other, and D'Antonio lives and breathes. That chip on the shoulder, that disrespect card. Everyone makes fun of it, but that's that Antonio's style. He's always been like this. He's always thought that the little brother comments. I mean, I said yeah, I was gonna home. say how many times has yeah. has he watched the little brother every, video on YouTube? Every single year, Mike Hart's little brother comments gets brought up. I mean, yes, it was ten years ago this year, but it was brought up last year. It was brought up two years ago. This he's still part of the rivalry in a big sense, even if he might not be playing anymore. So. D'Antonio Dan, 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 Dan loves these kind of games. D'Antonio Dan loves to feel disrespected. Yeah. That's what the whole 2015 season was about. Being disrespected against Michigan, being disrespected against Ohio State, all that kind of stuff.
0: So so let's go back two years and sort of look at that game two years ago. We were both at that point, we were both early enough in our journalism careers that we were still sort of fans a little bit. Now obviously we've changed. We're now pretty unbiased. Like I can look at Michigan State and Tell you what's wrong with them. Tell yeah, you I why I don't think they're gonna win. I don't think they're gonna win this week. I can I can grill them very. We can <laughs> we can grill them, but still that that moment is still going to be special just because I still to this day have no idea to explain what I witnessed in that stadium, and yeah. it's just one of the coolest moments to ever say that you that we were a part of or to watch that game to say that like I was there I was remember watching that game I went to Michigan State whatever or yeah. even I'm sure Michigan fans are gonna try and pretend like it, nothing happened, <laughs> but. um I've been asking this question to some of my friends this week, so I'm now going to ask you it. Um, there's going to be one iconic play from this era that gets played all in those highlight packages for years to come. Yeah. It's going to either be the Michigan State Michigan punt fumble, or Alabama Auburn kick six. Yeah. Which one is more iconic to you?
2: I. To me, personally... um, Uh, No.
0: Which one do you think will stand the test of time? I guess I I should say to the general public. Obviously, for us as Michigan State students, we're going to have a little bit different answer, but...
2: I think the kick six, in all honesty, in the sense that putting that play into context for Auburn kind of puts it over the top in the sense that... A week ago, against, I believe, Georgia, they had that Hail Mary, it bounces off two Georgia defenders, and the Auburn wide receiver catches it for the score. I mean... I want to say there was like 45 seconds left. That puts a lot of context in it. Auburn ends up in the National Championship game because of, because of that kick six. Um, and, and a lot of it, too, I think has to do with that it was so slow developing. Because, I mean, with Dylan West Jackson, he, I mean, Blake O'Neill foremost the bomb like, 10 seconds. It all happened within a 10-second span. That 10 seconds was kind of reported on after the game. That all went down in 10 seconds. Whereas, with the kick six, you can kind of see that with that angle, you can kind of see like the blocks, you can kind of see the play happening, you can kind of see the Auburn, you know, returner just taking it down the sideline and going all the distance. So I think that that and plus it's in the SEC. I mean, Auburn, and Alabama. Yeah. That, that's a big, Little. I mean, we like to think that MSU, Miami is a very big. Matchup, which it is. It is.
0: I still think it's top ten of the country. Probably yeah. close, probably around five. Yeah. But I, I think Alabama-Auburn that's is probably top a three. little... Maybe yeah. maybe
2: top two behind only like Ohio
0: State-Michigan. Uh, I'm going to put Navy, Ar- Army-Navy oh, okay, yeah, over them, enough, but that's... Uh, if you disagree with me, I'm not going to get mad yeah. about it. So,
2: I think, I think from my personal opinion, seeing it, seeing how people have reacted to it, I think um, the kick six compared to...
0: Yeah. To, um, I think it... Um, I think it comes down to I don't know someone mentioned this to me uh, I think it comes down to how it's just comparing Auburn to Michigan State fan bases like there's going to be there's more Auburn fans than there's than Michigan State fans like and plus yeah. Alabama and Michigan are trying not to remember that game <laughs> in both senses so there we can't really rely on Michigan to hold up that end of the bargain yeah um, yeah so but do you think that both plays will be able to sort of stand the test of time because when I think about like 2000 to 2010 in terms of elite college football players. I think of Vince Young running to the end zone in that Rose Bowl game. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And then I think of Appalachian State, Michigan. The blah, yeah, that the blo- the block the blocked, blocked field, field goal. Ball, yeah. Those are the two plays that sort of stand out for me. I mean, do you think there's room for two plays to sort of stand out like that from a decade? Or is it just only gonna be one? yet? you yeah, think yeah, that this sure. play will yeah, still I get in 30 years from now, you think that play will still get some love? Yeah.
2: I mean, I kind of sell sell GLAMAS Jackson play a little short in the sense that uh, be I mean putting that Putting that punt into context and to the rest of the season also played a big role. Because if the MSU lose that game, yes, they might not have lost to Nebraska, but I don't think they make the college football playoff. I think I also think that if Michigan pretty soundly, not necessarily soundly, but if they win a dogfight against MSU and Jim Harbaugh's first year, that kind of propels them. I mean, they they kind of had a stinker in the next game. They had a bye week, I remember, after, and then they had Minnesota. And they, they almost had a stinker against Minnesota. They just had bad clock management, so MSU kind of... Kinda, yeah, I mean Michigan kind of got. I don't know a, how you are from that, from losing a game like that. Yeah, though. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's, what that's saying, just like.
0: a that's a season-ending game. Just yeah. way, like, you're just. I think that's just so demoralizing. Yeah. I
2: mean, you have a bunch of eighteen to twenty-two year olds. You have kids our age trying to bounce back from that kind of heartbreak. It's gonna be tough no matter who you are. So I think, yeah, I think both both players are gonna stand the test of time. I mean. I I remember a week after Jalen Watts Jackson, there was a Florida State Georgia Tech game where Georgia Tech returned a field goal for a touchdown for the win, but no one no one's talking about that right. because in that moment it was a pretty big play, but context wise it wasn't because I think you're looking at two like historic rivalries in MSU UMich Auburn Alabama, and I think that adds a lot to the play, and I mean yeah, so
0: yeah, I I also think it's it's tough because that Michigan State season has. St- a lot of iconic plays in terms of Geiger kicking a yeah, field Geiger roll. with the windmill, L.J. Like um, Scott, L.J. Scott, Scott against sort of Iowa, and then I mean, there's just there's not one moment from that season. You like that's the moment they went yeah. to the playoff, like because it just happened over and over again.
2: Yeah, that that moment, which I mean, is what
0: makes that season as a whole very special. Yeah, but I I agree that play is gets lost a little bit just because so much ridiculous like so much ridiculous yeah. things happened in that season, just so much things that weren't supposed to happen.
2: And another thing too is like M.S.U. beat a pretty decent Oregon team up that year. I yeah, mean, in week two, prime yeah. time. Not one of not, one of not one of the best time. Oregon teams yeah, that yeah, they sure. put but out there, but was it was a still a team, decent so. team. Yeah, that was a good team. I mean, at the end of the at the end of the year, I mean, they had wins over Iowa, OSU, Michigan, and Oregon. That, that that's very that's four very good wins. Yeah, like at the end of the day, so I think. It does get lost in a little bit of a shuffle there. I think twenty fifteen, that was my freshman year, so I wasn't a fan. I mean I was a fan. I mean I didn't even know this place existed the same news. I didn't know journalism was really a thing. I was a business major at that time. I, I didn't have any ties to, you know. So you was know, that was a great year. I mean all I remember is yeah, I was I at the Ten
0: Championship game too, so I think I was technically still an education major who wanted to teach journalism <laughs> at that point. Uh, yeah, it just it's it's just weird to see how different places the two those two yeah. these two programs are. Um so, alright, I think, wow, we're at 33 minutes. That's oh the wow. longest podcast we've done this year. So, I think we're going to stop it here. Thanks so much for listening, if you stick yeah, through it. We'll be back next week. Um, Men's Basketball Media Day starts next week. We'll probably have a podcast Ooh. on afterwards to we'll talk about that a little Maybe. bit. Uh, hockey's about to start to get into games. Same with women's basketball. We're going to a lot of sports coming up. Yes, yeah, sure. A lot of coverage. Um, stuff. Check out state statenews.com for more coverage. Follow me on Twitter at Words by Sam. Follow Suigi on Twitter at
2: at Torada 26
0: And for those of you who can't spell that, S-O-U-I-C-H-I-T-E-R-A-D-A. Yes, sir. 26. 26, 26. All right, thanks so much, guys. We'll talk to you next week.